are a blessed church, and I think it's important uh, that we uh, recognize that. And today is the day of Thanksgiving, so we uh, praise the Lord for that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 and 18, we are going to uh, dive in. I shared last week the reason for Thanksgiving. Now, uh, we are going to deal on a more, if you will, a temporary level on being thankful for the things that we have in a possession way and the such uh, today, uh, and certainly this evening, we're going to thank God for, quote, unquote, the things that he has done for us, maybe some things that he has shown us, uh, providing for us, whatever the case may be. But last week, I wanted to make sure that we knew the reason for our Thanksgiving. I think it's apropos uh, and absolutely appropriate for you and I to be thankful for our physical possessions. But if that's all we are, we've missed it. We've absolutely missed it because that's not all there is to life. In fact, that's the very least of life. And so for you and I as proclaiming Christians and certainly participants in a New Testament church, we need to know the biblical and, if you will, theological reason for our thanksgiving. And we dealt with that last week. Someone has loved us. Someone has bestowed love upon us, and that someone is Jesus. And then not only someone, but others. None of you got into the kingdom of God by yourself. None of you. Every one of you, some, even if they didn't know your name, they've prayed for you. They have maybe witnessed to you. Maybe they took you to church, Awana program, Sunday school, whatever the case may be. Someone has been involved in your coming to Christ. And so we've been loved by Jesus and by others. And then we talked last week about the fact in first, um, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 1 about, uh, and it'll come to me, and if not, I'll go to my notes, uh, that we have not only been loved, but we've been prayed for. And Paul prayed for three specific things, that we would know what we're supposed to do. And what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to share the gospel. We are supposed to help others in their relationship with Christ. You, you need to know somebody that doesn't know everything, and you need to be imparting to them what they need to know about Christ. It's called discipleship. And then, of course, we need to be holy. We need, to be, we need not to be hypocrites. And then he said, and I want you to know what's waiting for you. Church, as great as this is, we have a wonderful experience here on this planet. As far as, again, a, a first world person, we're blessed. We're blessed with good clothes. We're blessed with good homes. We're blessed with good food. And all, fill in the blank. None of this compares to what's waiting for us in heaven. None of it. You, it's trash in heaven, folks. I mean, they've got so much gold in heaven, they're paving the streets with it. Can you imagine that? I would like to work on that highway department. Yeah, yeah, I've got to melt this gold first because, you know, First Street needs some new pavement. Wow. And so uh, not only that, the last thing of last week we talked about in the first service, meaning morning uh, worship time, is that, watch this, there's only one person that paid for all that, Jesus Christ. Jesus paid it all. So that's the reason. He is the reason for our thanksgiving. Today, we're going to talk about the discipline of thanksgiving. Will you stand for the reading and reverence of God's holy word? The discipline of thanksgiving. So now, you've got the reason, but now we're going to make sure we do it. 
Now we're going to make sure that we make it a way of life, if you will. Now, I shared some funnies in first service, and I was afraid it wasn't going to come to me, but praise the Lord, it, it just came back to me. How many of you heard last week how much the preacher paid for the new dog that I got? How many of you? $8,200 I paid for that new dog. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to me. And they came to me last week and said, Brother Ben, did you pay $8,200 for a dog? And you know what I started saying to them? That was a steal. It was an absolute steal. Now, I know what some of you last Sunday were thinking when you heard this, Lord, help, I'm going to the next business meeting because we're paying that guy too much. I get it. Now, do you know who started that? Mike, Mike Wirt and Brad Banderman. Both of them point at each other as to who was the originator. Yeah, you're right. This is what you always got to remember. If Brad starts with or ends with, I'm not kidding, he's lying. <laughs> he, he's lying. That's like Dan Cooley used to always say, I'm sure, I, I, what do, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> Why did he feel the need to tell me that he's going to be, has he been lying to me? No, and I'm kidding, of course. Dan's one of the most honest people you ever meet. But, but watch this. Why would I share that, Robert? Church, of all the people in the planet, we should be having fun. We should be having fun. They got one on the preacher. The first person that came up to me and said, did you spend $8,200? I said, are you, what are you smoking? Is what I wanted to say. You know, we got CR, man. <laughs> Come to Tuesday night because you are tripping. Number one, you don't know me. I, I'm not spending $8,200 on anything that goes wolf, wolf. No. I may spend $8,200 on something I'm going to eat, but I'm not going to spend it on something that i got to clean up the poop and the pee. I'll pay some of you to take the dog this week, you know, type thing. So I paid $300. Let's just get that out and open. I paid more for gas to go get the thing <laughs> than I did to pay for the thing. So, but we, yeah, we, we had some fun. We had some fun. About... And I know some of you are thinking, why do you have a stand for this? I, I don't really know, but listen, just hang. We're going to get to the scripture, I promise. Yeah, 30 years ago, 30 years ago, I was at, it was even more than 30, but anyway, a long time ago, uh, I went to an ABS deal, Association of Baptist Students, and we had this famous, within the BMA, a famous preacher, Bobby Tucker, coming. Well, he was late. These college students. I mean, we're just there because the food's free. But the speaker is late. And, and we're looking at each other. What do we do? I've always told you there was three things I wanted to be when I grew up. A comedian, and I wasn't funny enough, or a, a cattle rancher. I didn't have any land, money, or cows, so that was out. Or a police officer. Well, the Lord called me to preach, so you're stuck with that. But I, everybody knew in that group that I kind of liked to do comedy stuff. So you know what they said? Ben, get up here and entertain us. We got time. Bobby's late. I mean, he was late. So I get up there, and I am doing my best. I'm getting a few laughs. And in comes Bobby Tucker. And they're all like, ah, finally the speaker's here. And he says something quippy, cutting me down. It was my best comedic moment ever. I said, Bobby, is it true that everything's big in Texas? Yeah, yeah. Is it true that everything's better in Texas? Yeah. I said, even the morons? 
He's hated me ever since. And that's okay. We're going to live forever together. He's going to get over it. We should have fun. This is how you do it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Father, we ask you to add your blessings to the reading and preaching of your holy word. In Jesus' name we ask it all. Amen. You may be seated. I almost asked the Lord to bless this food to the nourishment and enrichment of our body. That, true story. True story. The discipline of thanksgiving. First point here, and you need to know the context of this passage. There's 22, if you will, lesser commandments. So these aren't the 10 commandments. That these are 22 commandments that Paul gives the church at Thessalonica. And yes, we're lifting three of these out and these are bullet points, but three of these absolutely apply to what we're striving to, if you will, approach and prove today, that there is a discipline in thanksgiving. And this isn't just for you and I as individuals. Our church should be disciplining ourselves in the area of thanksgiving. And so the first one is rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. And you and I can do that, but we've got to make a choice to do it. Now, this word comes from joy. Rejoice comes from joy. Something I'm trying to make sure that we know the importance of words, and we don't just know the word, but we know the definition of the word. We know what the word's about. I believe the best biblical definition of the word joy. Remember, Jesus says the joy of the Lord is your strength. But what is it? The joy of the Lord is an unaffected relationship with Jesus Christ, meaning a relationship with Jesus Christ that is unaffected by outward circumstances. I can't speak for you, but when everything's going well, I'm happy. When everything's going poorly, I ain't so happy. Well, that's why God does not say, I want you to be happy. He says, I want you to be full of joy. Because joy is based on a relationship with him that's not affected by outward circumstances. So I can be having a flat tire and I can still be full of joy. I can be having a low bank account and I can still be full of joy. And church, one of the most evangelistic things that we can do is go through life full of joy. And we're going to absolutely be attracting people to us. When we come in here, we, we need to have a ball. We, we need to have a good time. Now, we can get sad, and we're going to talk about some things that we need to absolutely pray through and things of that nature. And, and we can deal with the reality of life, but we still have that joy that even though circumstances aren't going the way we want them to go, the most important thing about us will never change. The most important thing that you and I know Jesus and we're going to heaven, that will never change. And, and no political party can take it from us. No nation can take it from us. No uh, persecution can take it from us. Hallelujah, praise the Lamb. And so Paul is telling this church, you need to make sure that you're rejoicing in all things. Rejoice evermore. Let joy be your temperature, not happiness, not circumstances. The discipline 
of joy. This is what Warren Wearsby says. Joy takes the burden out of service. The joy of the Lord is your strength, Nehemiah 8.10. God loves a cheerful servant as well as a cheerful giver. Every church member has its doubting Thomas or its gloomy Gussie. To see them, and I'm not, I'm not this is Warren Wearsby's words, okay? These aren't mine, so don't get upset with me, but just listen. Every church has them. You see them, and it's like witness, witnessing an autopsy. Yeah, nobody's excited about witnessing an autopsy. It's like driving into a cold lake on a winter's day. God wants his family, this is Warren Wearsby's words, to be happy. But what is that happiness based on? A relationship with Christ that's not affected by our circumstances. Each church member, Warren Wearsby says, must contribute to the joy of the church. Each one of us. If there's one of us that's not carrying, if you will, their load, it brings us all down. Now, watch this. If somebody's having a particularly tough time, it is our responsibility to circle around them. Watch this. A shared burden is a lighter burden. So I'm not saying you can't be having a rough day. But I'm saying when you're able, you need to make sure that you're being joyful. And we all can be Joyful. Paul mentioned spiritual characteristics in this passage, and four of them are named here that are in Galatians 5.22. Love, joy, peace, and long-suffering. And then he says, we cannot manufacture those spiritual qualities. They only come as we yield to the Spirit and permit Him to control us. Family partnership is vital to the health and growth of the church. Are you bearing and sharing burdens of others? Don't be merely a spectator who watches the others do the job, Warren Wearsby says. So the title of this message is The Discipline of Thanksgiving. Warren Wearsby's telling us we cannot manufacture this. He's absolutely correct. So where does the discipline come in? The discipline comes in instantly obeying to the initial promptings of the Holy Spirit. I can't speak for you, but every time I try to get down in my life, every time I try to bring someone else down, the Holy Spirit says, knock it off. Dude, you have not got it that bad. And yes, the Holy Spirit says, dude. No, I'm, I'm kidding. My point is, is that he's constantly pointing me to that definition of joy. Joy is a relationship with God that is not affected by outward circumstances. That's where the definition comes. Uh, I'm sorry, the discipline comes. And when you and I discipline ourselves to remember true joy comes from our relationship with Christ, guess what? We get happy. We get a lot more pleasant to be around. So the discipline is not faking joy. The discipline is not the discipline is staying in the right relationship with the Holy Spirit and Him producing sincere, genuine joy in your life. Now, now, this is me, so if you get upset, let's set an appointment. We'll talk through it. If you are sour, it's because you are not spiritual. Stay with me. And this goes for Brother Ben, too. When there's one finger going out, there's three coming back. If we're not spiritual, it's because we're not spiritual. That was a test to see if you're listening. If you're sour, 
it's because you're not spiritual. So let's give a definition to the word spiritual. Being more mindful and attentive to the Spirit of God than you are to your appetites of the flesh in this world. Being more attentive to the Spirit of God than you are to your appetites and the appetites of this world. So, point number two, pray without ceasing. Now, this word, and, and I, am I the only one, the first time that I ever read this, I thought, oh, no, i got to get in my closet 24-7 and just hum to the Lord and pray? I mean, what, what's going on? No, no, no. The word does not say, meaning the Greek word is not constantly, but watch this, continuously, and, and I better read my notes. The word means constantly recurring, not continuously occurring. We are to keep the receiver off the hook, Warren Wiersbe says, and be in touch with God so that our praying is part of a long conversation that is not broken. God knows the desires of our hearts, Psalm 37, 4, and he responds to those desires even when our voice is silent. So to be constant in prayer, to pray without ceasing, is to just honestly be in an attitude of prayer, and you keep short accounts with God. You make sure your sins don't pile up so that before you can come to the throne room, you've got to work through all this list of uh, aggressions that you've had towards the Lord and such of that uh, nature, transgressions. So recurring prayer, attitude, short accounts, and holy. Be holy. And I love this. Be kingdom aware. Be kingdom aware. When you and I are praying without ceasing, we're aware of what's going on around us on a kingdom level. If we see God working, okay, Lord, I, I see that. You, you want me to be a part of that. So last night, and I joked with the first service, Bobby, somehow, somehow I've, I've dropped the ball, and my aunt and my mom think that they can interrupt my deer season. So, somehow. Because now for about five years, they come up on the second week of deer season for a gospel concert. And guess who they want to be there? You live in Missouri, dude. You ought to come and hang out with your family. So I try to make that happen. And uh, we had some other stuff going on this weekend. I wasn't sure it was going to happen, but praise the Lord, it did happen. So uh, we'll, we'll do a glorified announcement very quickly. Uh, Kamaya, uh, her water, meaning Savannah's water, broke earlier this week. They have been in the hospital and will be until... Kamaya's birth. And so Kamaya's in a, in, in a very dire situation, but everything's good right now. She's one pound, eight ounces, and she needs to stay in mama's womb for 34 weeks. At 34 weeks, they've told her, we're going to take her at that point regardless because at 34 weeks, then the infection risk starts getting, you know, it's, it's a, the law of diminishing returns. But right now, She's 25 weeks, so she's viable. But if she were to be born now, she could be blind. She could have massive brain bleeds uh, and cognitive issues. Now, she could also be perfect. God can do anything. And so uh, not for any other reason that I just felt led to, uh, and we, we went through this situation last week with Oscar. and We've been praying for Oscar, and, and Oscar's doing well. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb. He's in church. He's in church. Hallelujah. And so... Uh, I know, I know that God cares deeply. And so I'm at this concert last night, and boy, the Holy Spirit just, I mean, he just showered down on me. You need to pray for Kamaya. 
you need to, and I, I was doing this with this thing, and that group started singing a song, Somebody's Praying. Yeah, I'm Baptist folks, but I just almost had a come apart. And I told one of the fellows afterwards, I just, I just felt like I needed to give the Lord the credit on that because I don't think God does things like that by accident. Every prayer that originates from the throne room of God, you know he's going to answer it. And I'm begging and asking God for a healthy Kamaya, a healthy Savannah, a sane Tyler. And for all of our, we, this is a well-rehearsed thing. We pray for all of our pregnant ladies and all of our family. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb. Pray without ceasing. Point number three. In everything, give thanks. Don't you love it when G it's about three verses that God says to the writer, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. As a youth director and as a young man, I would say this many times. I just wish I knew God's will. I just wish I knew God's will. And I heard a preacher say one time that, you know, what do we say? If Jesus could just materialize in front of my eyes, and I could see him, and he could talk to me. I'd know what he wants me to do. And Moses and Jacob and all of these Old Testament guys, they were out there saying, if God would just write it down, just write it down so that every morning I could read it and know. What it, <laughs> so which side do you want to be on? You want to be on the side that doesn't have the word of God and sees Jesus occasionally? Or do you want to be on the side that every morning you can have a Bible conference with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Yeah. And, and what is this? This is Jesus on paper. You can have a conference with Jesus every day. Yes. <laughs> Amen. It's all good. In everything, give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So you and I are to give thanks in everything. Now, we have this little issue, don't we? Well, Brother Ben, I just don't think the Lord wants me to praise him if I don't mean it. This came to me in first service. I had fun with it. Let's see if you do. I want you to, how many parents, parents, raise your hands. How many parents we got in here? A bunch of them. All right. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for you. How many of you, when you, on the third time, told your 10-year-old or whatever, go clean your room or else and what did they do they went <laughs> and you didn't go whoa buddy i want you to go <laughs> yeah i want you to clean that room with joy no and god your father isn't up there saying i want you to obey me but i want you to like it He's not saying that. I just want you to obey me. Parents, how many of us were thrilled, whether our kids were thrilled or not, when they obeyed us? Oh, oh, you know. And, and, and what happened? Kids, what happened? If you're at my house, you get ice cream when you obey type stuff. Yeah, I shower you with gifts. You didn't have to like it. You just had to do it. Church, please hear me. God wants us to give him thanks in all things, whether we want to or not. And when we do it, the feelings will come. They, they really will. Uh, Sam Cathy, 
had a flat tire, and he's dealing with this very issue. He gets out of his car, and he knows the Lord wants him to praise. And I'm not talking about being silly, even though Sam Cathy was silly in this particular issue. But I'm saying you absolutely obey the Lord with sincerity, and the feelings of sincerity will come later. But Sam Cathy gets out and sees the flat tire, and he kicks the tire and goes, bless God. And he foot's hurting now, might be broken, and he goes, <laughs> whoa, it must be quite a sight up there watching me act the fool, and he starts laughing at himself, and church, can I just tell you that even in very intense situations, any of you carpenters, you hit your thumb and it spread out both sides of the hammer, is that not an intense situation? It's very intense, and you stop and before the blankety-blank, blank-blank-blank comes out, you go, praise the Lord. <laughs> drip, drip, drip. Praise the Lord. And then you're laughing at yourself. The feelings come. Is Dale in the service? Dale gave some of our young men a knife the other night. Caleb whips it out the other day to use it promptly about cuts his finger off. <laughs> of course, I don't know how well you guys know Caleb, but just to get a word out of him is pretty impressive. And he walks around, and I mean, his hand's just, you know, and he says, cut myself with Dale's knife. <laughs> he blamed you, Dale. He blamed you. I go behind him cleaning up the blood trail on Denise's freshly poured concrete and such of that nature. We've got to give God the credit. Praise God in all things. Now, pl please hear me. I'm not telling you that you thank God for the problem. If Tyler and Savannah get bad news, I'm not telling you that they should thank God for the bad news. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that they should praise the Lord that they are alive Praise the Lord that they have a relationship with Jesus Christ, so on and so forth. In everything, give thanks. Don't you love that Romans passage that says, all, God works all things out for his good, for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose? He's not saying all things are good. He's saying he works all things out. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb. In everything, give thanks. We're almost done. Hang with me. So, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Discipline, thanksgiving. You give God thanks whether you agree with it or not. You give God thanks whether you are truly thankful for it or not. You give God thanks whether you benefit from it or not. You give God thanks whether you are satisfied or not. And you give God thanks whether you understand or not. It's so important. Because when we really understand the real reason for our thanksgiving, we can give thanks in everything because what really matters has been settled. Love was bestowed upon us by Christ and others. The gift was prayed for. And what was the gift? That we would know what we were supposed to do to win others to Christ and dis disciple them to live a holy life. That there is a mansion being prepared for us and that Christ has covered all the cost. As a result, 
We once were dead in our trespasses and sins, but because of God's mercy, we have been forgiven past, present, and future sins. Fit for heaven, equipped to work and do the transcendent cause here on earth, we can do the works that have been foreordained by God to accomplish for us to accomplish here on earth. So in light of all these amazing, undeserved, unmerited blessings that God has given to us, we should discipline ourselves on a daily basis to rejoice to be full of joy, to pray without ceasing constantly, recurring prayer, and to give thanks for everything that comes our way. Now, we're doing a Bible study on 530 with the men and uh, Julie Rayville, so any lady is welcome to come. She's She's the brave lady that's coming right now to our study. Watch this. It's called the art of neighboring. I want to ask you a question. What I just rattled off there, Is that not the neighbor that you want to live next to? The neighbor that's life is full of joy because of a relationship with Jesus Christ. The neighbor that prays for you every time the Holy Spirit brings you to mind. The neighbor that gives thanks in all things, no matter what. Is that not the person that you want to be? Is that not... Uh, the circum- uh, let, me, let me read my notes, okay? Is that not the neighbor you want to live next to? Is that not the person that you want to be in the same house with, a person that is full of joy despite the circumstances in their life, the person that prays each and every time that is needed, and a person that gives thanks no matter what is going on? If the answer is yes, let's be that person. Will you stand? Musicians, will you come? Now, we've had a lot of laughter in this service, and I think that's good. But let's be sure and deal with these realities. Church, it's difficult to not base our joy on the circumstantial situation of our life. It's it's difficult not to do that. But it is biblical and holy not to do that. When you and I base our joy on a Relationship with Christ is not affected by outward circumstances. We are a lighthouse to others. It's difficult to be in a constantly recurring prayer attitude. But oh my goodness, what an absolute weapon against the kingdom of Satan that we are when we, when we do that. It's difficult to give God thanks in everything. But what a pleasant person we're, we are to be around when that's the case. And church, I want you to know, I feel that way about you. I do. I feel that way about this church. This is a joy to pastor. The fact that four turkeys came to a redneck church, and as far as I know, they're all still alive and healthy. You're doing good. (laughs) You're doing good. Now, they may not fare very well, you know, in that season, (laughs) but but, but you're doing good. Church... What has the Holy Spirit put his finger on? During this message, what has the Holy Spirit put his finger on? This size of a congregation, there's someone here possibly that does not know Jesus and the free pardon of sin. This is an invitation. We're inviting you to come forward. I'll send you a someone gender appropriate. They'll share the gospel with you. Let's let's come. If you want to just make this an old-fashioned altar and praise the Lord, thank him for what he's done.